You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. The, mo- hey, the Moneyline boys are in the building, and we're about to bring you some money. Let's get over to the HRMP listener line. Matt, he's got a question with Fantasy Picks. What do you got for us? Morning, gentlemen. Good morning. What, so, what uh, I, have, I have a uh, running back issue on my uh, fantasy uh, league. It's not a PPR league. And again, this, this is my first time to ever be, uh, do fantasy football, so I'm not super familiar with all the terminology, but I know it's not a PPR league. I'm only allowed two running backs to start, and I have four. But I'm running into this whole running back by committee. And so I've chosen to start Devin Singletary and uh, Nick Chubb. And on my bench, I have Drake and David Johnson. And the only reason, the only one I feel good about is Singletary, uh, just because um, he's now the RB1 and he's been doing really well for me. But the other three, I'm just kind of up in the air about just because of their situations. Well, you're right about Singletary. He's coming off a career high in carries, 21 touches, 24 total yards, 140. So that's I would sure stick there. And it's just it's tough to just pass up the Arizona backfield in general because they score so much and they move the ball so much and they have so many possessions. But I see what you're saying, and like we were talking earlier, Arizona's only a team that's good for about 25, 27 touches from the running back as far as carries. So you ask yourself. Are they going to give – they're going to split it down the middle? Does Johnson get 12, 13? Is that good enough? Does Johnson at 12 or 13 at four yards a carry get you where you need to get? Does that get you the 50 and then the, can you do the rest of the passing game? That's where you start doing it. But it's scary. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough proposition sitting out the whole backfield of one of the fastest and higher scoring offenses and a game that the would like the over too. The, yeah, the only reason I set both of them was because they're uh, – um, Apparently, uh, Tampa Bay has the number three run defense. That was the only reason. No, and and I agree with you there, but I just I see a lot of points, and like I said, this is just a tough predicament. Well, who do you go with out of those? If it was me, I would probably go with Chubb for sure, and then I would be trying to decide between Singletary and uh, David Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, David Johnson's a little risky because he's been hurt. He says he's a hundred percent though, but so I'd probably lean towards David Johnson. But it's close because, you know, Singletary has to split some touches with Frank Gore, too. So it's not all him. But, uh, yeah, I would definitely start Chubb. And for me, I mean, they're like back-to-back, I think, in my rating, my ranking. So I'd probably lean yep. David Johnson. But Singletary, I, I can't blame you for trying him because Johnson does have a little bit of risk. He's been injured. And with Chubb, you have your, your you got your floors. Even though there's running back by committees, they're not a full-out and forest running back by committee, I don't think, in Cleveland. As it goes towards the end of the year and maybe out of the, they go out of more and more out of contention, maybe they start seeing, well, you know what, let's see what we got with Hunt. Right. Let's see if he still got it. So I think going forward you might see a little more. But for right now, I think Chubb still has the range for that. To be honest with you, safe, it would be the first two guys. Now, on paper, you want to try to figure out how you're going to get one of those other guys in from Arizona, but safe... You just your your team is pretty well put right now to where you don't have to gamble on those two guys. There's a guy out there right now that doesn't have that other option that you have. So as far as that, I would go with the first two. Yeah, I think you're okay with Singletary and uh, and Chubb there. Thanks for good. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. No, I, I was thinking uh, in the in the actually I think you made the point for uh, for Chubb for the I think I'm applying that 
for David Johnson as well because he hasn't been healthy, whereas Chubb has, and he has Cream Hunt coming in. But I feel like, you know, like y'all said earlier, it's going to be a slow-moving thing to get Hunt, you know, uh, in on more plays, whereas David Johnson has been hurt, and Drake came out and blew, you know, just scorched the earth last week. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll just give that one more week to see how that plays out if David Johnson is going to remain healthy again next week, then obviously I'm going to – David Johnson started for me every game until he got hurt. I just wanted to see how he how he responds to this whole Drake thing for another week. That's why I left Chubb in the starting lineup. And uh, I'll probably uh, pull one of those, you know, either Singletary or Chubb and put David Johnson in next week. It will probably be Singletary. But yep. that, was, that was kind of my thinking. All right, thanks for the call, Matt. We appreciate it. And, yeah, that's always, you know, usually good advice when you have somebody coming back from injury – if you have the luxury of having a safer option, it's nice just to watch that guy instead of having to roll the dice and start him that week and see how he bounces back from injury. It was like with Devontae Adams last week. I felt like I had to start him because he's Devontae Adams, but I really kind of wanted to watch him for a week because it was his first game back after missing over a month, and he didn't have that good a game. How about this? We got some from the text line. Winston or Breeze? I'm going uh, Drew Breeze there. Yeah, it's hard to pass that up. Although uh, we talked about Winston's numbers earlier against yeah. man coverage, and I do predict that game to be high scoring. But we know Breeze is going up against Atlanta, and he can throw up very well three touchdowns in the first half. We know Atlanta's first half struggles. Also, something to keep in mind, Saints, I think they're going to be geared up. They're going to be rested. They're going to be ready to roll, and I think they're going to get off to an early. That's why I think that Atlanta team total is so so pivotal because I don't think they're going to have a moment in this game where they're going to be – uh, the game script's going to be in their favor. If if the Saints get the ball first, they'll, I, I got and they'll march down there and get seven. And like I said, that just makes it to where Atlanta's chasing the entire game. Yeah, and I mean, you saw what Deshaun Watson did at that Falcons defense. They are terrible. So you know, Drew Brees. I mean, you pretty much always start him when he's when he's at home, Jerry. You know, and he's at home and in his first game back, what he had three touchdowns. So you know, he looks like he's good to go. How about Chicago defense or the Indy defense? Earlier in the week, I would have said Indy, but now that we know Stafford isn't going to play, I'm going to go with the Bears. Yeah, if you get a defense going up against a team that doesn't have their starting quarterback and they lost their running back, I'll take that all day. How about tight end struggles, Everett, Witten, or Ebron? Ooh, uh, I'd probably go with Everett. All right, how about Kirk or Samuels? Uh, I like Christian Kirk this week. That's a great matchup for him. So, you know, going against the Bucks, we talked about how bad they are, you know, defending the slot, how bad they are in the secondary in general. I think you roll Christian Kirk. He should come through this week. I like Kirk and Fitzgerald this week. I'm, yeah. got, I'm both of them on the overall catch props. You can get them around that four and a half range. Hit both of them as I believe there's going to be a high volume. I think that I really think that the Cardinals are going to have to throw 35 times in this game. They're going to be playing from behind. Their defense isn't good enough to keep them, so it's going to be a, a half fast-paced game. The Bucks are top five in, plays run. Expect this game to be moving in a lot of big plays. I expect a lot of uh, blown coverage, a lot of bad tackling, <laughs> yes. and a lot of because, and, and that's what I'm saying. You got ingredients on both sides. Mike Evans, Godwin, people that get long touchdowns on the other side, the Kirks of the world, that's where you get the points. That's where you get the big plays. That's where we hit the overs. No doubt about it. Um, that's it for the questions here. Let's jump into a few more of these games and finish them off. All right, let's do it. I know we can get to one here before we go to break. I mean, this is one that we were just talking about it, so this kind of sets up nicely. Detroit, Chicago. We talked about this one early. Man, this is this is just an ugly game here. So all all the Detroit guys, 
I mean, Galladay, you can't feel good about him this week. Marvin Jones, you can't really feel good about him this week. On the, the Bears side of the ball, I do like David Montgomery. I, I think he could come through because Detroit is absolutely awful at defending the run. And now the Bears know that Stafford's not playing, so they don't have to they don't have to get too tricky here and, you know, you know, make some risky plays. They can probably kind of play it close to the vest and get out of there with a win. So to me, I think that means they're gonna lean on the running game and kind of hide Trubisky and just try and get out of there with a win over the Lions. Uh, anything else from this one? I know where they're gonna hide Trubisky on the bench. I'm gonna make a prediction that if he starts off bad, Daniel uh, Chase Daniel will come in at halftime of this game. It's looking that bad. I mean, how bad was he last week? Ten for twenty one for 125 yards. Jerry, it's like he's getting worse against the Eagles. I, I mean. He was better last year. Uh, it's unbelievable. So you can't have any confidence in him. And he's killing Allen Robinson, too. So yeah, just kind of roll with the run game with the Bears and then kind of avoid everything else and kind of hope he figures it out. But I don't think it's coming anytime soon. Now, the Lions do give up a ton of long plays. And that's why this is one of those games. If you're playing a, a, a multiple lineups in DFS, not don't do it if it's your only lineup. But... You want to have one, one, one of these pass catchers on the Bears because one of them's going to break open a big play, but it's just hard to pinpoint. So if you're a one lineup kind of guy hey, or a gal, hey, just play. Don't, don't even think about this game. But if you're playing multiple lineups in these big GPPs, this is what you're looking for. Some, something where you look for the Bears to have more possessions, get favorable field positions because their defense is going to be able to hold the other team. But then you look at Trubisky taking advantage of a team that allows the big plays 20-plus yards down the field, 40-plus yards down the field. Their top five and allowed on both of those categories are the Lions. Yeah, no doubt. So it could be... You know, one of the the less could it be like a Taylor Gabriel type of game? Exactly, and that's you know? what I'm saying. It's going to be. Remember, when we talk next week, it's going to be like, wow, he went off for how much? Yeah. It's going to be somebody random, and that's what's going to happen here again. Lions suffering on D, on offense, less possessions, better field position for the opposite team, a team that allows big plays, not a team. Now you say, well, what if they blow them open? No, the the Bears need a get right game. They yeah. need Mitchell Trubisky to have a big game to get confidence back. So they don't care who it is. They want him to go out there and throw for four touchdowns and not that 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 they're going to do that but again they need him to have a big game and this might be an advantage to take it or the time to take advantage of someone no no doubt about it this is if if you're ever going to play the lions and try and get your quarterback some confidence this is the time to do it where there's no stafford to come and beat you timothy you're up next when we get back the phone lines are open 713-780-3776 you're listening to moneyline espn 97.5 is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can reach us on Twitter. 713-780-3776. Feel free to text us at that same number. Find us on Twitch if you want to watch us. All our work on Sports Map. Let's get right over to the HRMP listener line. Timothy, he has a quarterback question. What can we do for you on this beautiful morning, Timothy? Hey, good morning, guys. Been listening to y'all all season. Really been helping me out. 
I got two quarterbacks, uh, Watson and uh, Jackson. Watson's on bye this week, so I was advantageous. Picked up Hoyer, and I picked up Tannehill a couple weeks ago. Hoyer, Tannehill, who would you go with? Thanks again, guys. For me, I would go with Tannehill. It's it's pretty close, actually. I don't think Hoyer's that bad of an You option. were just telling me you're starting yeah. Hoyer in a two-quarterback league. I, I am, and I, it's, I mean, he's playing the Dolphins. I mean, if you're ever you're going to roll with Hoyer, it's against the Dolphins. And if you're starting Hoyer and against the Dolphins, two touchdowns is feasible. And yeah. But, again, the Tannehill factor here is going to be, do you believe that the Chiefs can score? Is Mahomes going to be back to Mahomes to where the game opens up to where Tannehill can have to, or will have to chase it? Because if it's a Titans-type game where it's ugly and the Chiefs don't get off to a fast start and they keep it within and they, they start making – remember, we talked about Derrick Henry. That's when he produces when it's a one-score game and they start feeding him the ball. So if you believe that the Chiefs can open it up, then Tannehill is going to become a play because he has no option other than to throw it. But Corey Davis is out as well. Yeah, he is, and that's a concern. But what what I do like here about Tannehill is, you know, his last few games – he. His last game, he only threw for one passing touchdown, but he threw for over 330 yards against the Panthers. Yeah, he's that's been pretty good. good. And then against Tampa, he threw for under 200 yards, but he got three touchdowns. Exactly. You know, You'll so, take both yeah, of those. He's coming through. And then the game before that against the Chargers, he threw for over 300 yards with two touchdowns. So I know Tannehill feels kind of icky, you know, using him because of what we've seen him do, you know, with the Dolphins in the past. But. I, this, I think there's going to be points in this game, Jerry. I think the Titans are going to have to throw. So I, I think I would lean towards Tannehill. I think him and Hoyer are kind of close this week. So I understand why he called with that question because I don't, I don't think a lot separates these two This guys. week's hold-your-nose question goes yeah. to Timothy. <laughs> the Hoyer or Tannehill? And that's what you do, right? It, it's, it's bye week. Six teams are off this week. The, these are the times you have to start. Hoyer and just hope for the best. These are those fantasy weeks where you just start the guy, but you don't watch the game. You know what I mean? Like you put on Red Zone Channel or something else, and then you just check your fantasy roster after the game. Because if you sit there and try and watch Tannehill or Hoyer try and win for you, and you, it's ugly, man. You'll just get frustrated. Watch a different game. Just check your lineup after it's over. Hopefully they come up with 20 points for you. And I mean, as long as your quarterback gets you 20 points, you feel pretty good. And both of those can easily do that this yeah, week. No doubt about it. Alright, let's move on. Let's talk about this Miami game with the Colts here. Ten and a half point spread. This goes with the theme, right, Jerry? A lot of double-digit spreads this week. What do we think about this one? I mean, I, I know the Colts are at home. They're favored. How funny is it to see the Colts with their backup quarterback playing their third quarterback, really, because of the Andrew Luck thing, and they're still favored by ten and a half points? I don't understand this game, though. It's just I don't know what to do with it. I'm going to go ahead and pass overall, but a lot of you want to take those points. It seems like it, it's that's calling my name, but I just can't do it. This game is just terrible. It, it's awful. You know, Devonte Parker is a guy I put in my waiver wire column this week, and he's killed me over the years. But this year, when I wrote him up, if I remember the stat right, I think he scored four out of his last five games. So, I mean, Devonte Parker scoring four out of his last five so he's a guy where if you're kind of desperate this week you might you might take a chance on him I know the Colts aren't bad in the secondary but they got to throw the ball to somebody Jerry and that's the thing that you get uh, try to dictate which teams are going to be behind and which yeah. teams even care you think that the Dolphins some of those guys care Devontae Parker he's just out there running around here just throw it let's just get out here who cares if we win or lose you know what I mean and do you think that the Dolphins slow it down now because They've looked competitive. Yeah. 
in the last few weeks, you know, and do you think it's a time like, hey, we won our game this season. Let's let's calm down here, okay? <laughs> we won ours. We're good. We're and I done. don't know if it's so much tank for Tua anymore. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think it might this... be churros for burros. <laughs> churros for burros. I like that one, actually. I like me a good churro. I think this is going to be a Marlon Mack game. You know what I mean? They get Hoyer's quarterback in. I, I think they, they lean on Marlon Mack. That's Colts exactly do. what's going down. You here. know what I mean? They're playing the Dolphins, so they know that they don't have to take too many chances. You know, T.Y. Hilton's still out. So, Zach Pascal, if you need to roll with him this week, he might actually come through for you. So, and I think even Jack Doyle and, and Ebron might be some guys you look at this week. You know, Ebron went to Frank Reich and talks to him about his role on the team. He wants more touches. He wants to be involved more. And they should involve him more with T.Y. Hilton now. Check out the Dolphins' backfield. Kalen Balage, seventh-round pick Miles Gaskin, undrafted free agent Patrick Lard. And Ravens guy they cut, Delance Turner. That's 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 the backup. And and newly signed Josh Jordan. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't I don't think they'd like my forty time very much. But uh, it's an ugly like backfield. when you drink a forty ounce. Yeah. Or you... <laughs> now that time they'd be impressed with. I got to tell you, but the actual running part, no, those days are behind me. So th- yeah, this is a game. I think it's a Marlon Mack game. I think you can fire him up. You know, even in daily, depending on his price. The problem is a lot of people are going to be on him. So I guess we're going to pass on this one, right? At the 10 and a half, it's just too much. Yeah, it's just too much. Feel free to break out the Hoyer jerseys, though, because this might be your last chance. Let's go to the next one. Let's do it. This one's actually good. Rams, Steelers, and the Steelers have very quietly become one of the better defenses in the NFL, and I know you watch a lot of their games. You have to be impressed with how they're playing. Mika Fitzpatrick's been a nice pickup for them. Right when everyone thought the Steelers should be mailing it in, and they make that move, and it kind of confused everyone of what's the plans here, but... I don't think Landry's the plan either, though, as well. I think there's, that's going to be something that they're going to have to deal with. They maybe thought it was, and that's why they, they were so quick to make these moves and saying, oh, we're fine where we're at. But yeah. the more I see them, the more I'm just thinking, no way. Let's let's figure out something else. And that's from a Steelers fan. As far as gambling, though, when I first opened up the, the board this week, my eyes ran to the Rams without no thinking, though. But then once you start breaking it down and you ask, who are these Rams? When do they play well? And that's with Goff at home yeah. and Goff when he's not under pressure. And those are two things that he doesn't have working in his favor this week. It's tough. Sharps are all over the Steelers with the points. I'm not sure if I can do it because I don't, so I'm don't. i not sure if the Rams say the Rams do come out and get off to a good start. Does Landry play him into that game? And I like the Rams defense a little bit now and I just I just don't see it now Brandon Cooks is out and that's why a lot of people yeah. are saying it's it's going to be hard for them now they can focus on minimal receivers whatever the case may be if you trust this um, it's Jalen Samuels it's 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 his time again I and mean, we talked about him last week he was one of our under the radar plays Connor's not going to go so you got to like Jalen Samuels and you got to plug in Samuels anytime that Connor's not out not because Jalen Samuels is some world beater, but it's because what the running back position means to that offense. And especially with an, a backup quarterback, that's what you have now. You have them relying on people like Jalen Samuels, and he's going to get the volume. And if you have him out there last week, he was 50% owned in DFS, 50 it, which is crazy to me because that felt like kind of an obvious one. We both were and on that. And he was that. so cheap. Yeah, and what he catch like 14 passes or something like that? Imagine I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. The other guy I wanted to talk about, you brought up Brandon Cooks. Josh Reynolds will be taking his spot this week. Maybe if you're kind of desperate on a bye week, you know, Josh Reynolds is a guy that you might be able to start. And you've seen him pop up in yeah. the last 
few last year. I think he had like a two touchdown game on nowhere on a primetime game. He'll have those games. He's big. He's six three, so he's a good red zone target. So he he might be somebody that you look at if you're desperate. You know, otherwise, I think I think Juju's going to have some troubles. You know, Jalen Ramsey will probably be on him this week. And exactly, and this is where Juju gets exposed of not being a true number one receiver and more of a complimentary guy. And I know he's shown his spurts, but. At the end of the day, he's such better. And I guess you could say that for anyone when he has a true number one. But I just don't like Juju going up against Ramsey. That's something that I'm not going to be chasing. No, I'm with you. All right, moving along. This is actually a pretty good one here. Vikings-Cowboys. Cowboys favored by three. And we know, like, Kirk Cousins is typically really bad against the Cowboys, even dating back to when he was with the Redskins. I'm surprised this number isn't a little bigger in favor of the Cowboys just because of Kirk Cousins' history of – of just not showing up against Dallas. What do you think about this one? Burn the history books. Ooh. This history lesson starts five weeks ago, and all we know is 13 to 1 touchdown and interception ratio for one Kirk Cousins. That's all this history knows. A revenge game for him, maybe? Finally breaking through against Dallas? Now, where does this game go? How does the Viking? how do the Vikings approach this game? What do you think their path? Do you think they're going to try to throw it on that? Because we know they love to run, but can you run it? It's going to be tough and no feeling. So, you know, I I, I kind of worry about the, if they can just take away Dalvin Cook. I think it's a wrap. Dallas defense, 4.2 yards per carry, but the fifth most catches to running backs. Expect Dalvin Cook to get some catches in a game where it's going to be hard to move the ball. I like Dalvin Cook props. That's interesting. And I'm, I'm still I'm going to lean towards the Cowboys here. The only thing that concerns me is they did not look great against the Giants. I know the final score ended up being pretty, you know, pretty overwhelming, but it took them a while to take care of the Giants. So, you know, Vikings, they're a good team, not great. But we've seen, like, Xavier Rhodes is not the same guy anymore. You know, I think Amari Cooper could take advantage of him. So I I like the Cowboys here in this one. So that is our bumper music. So this actually works out pretty good. We will get to the Monday night football game on the other side of the break. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. This is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. 30 minutes to go. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. And that's 30 minutes to kickoff. 30 minutes to the fun gets started. I hope that barbecue pit, pit is going. I hope that... We've kept you company, doing your yard work, whatever it is, running errands on a Sunday morning while you get ready to sweat out these games because we know that's what we do on an NFL Sunday, right? We get up, we set our fantasy lineups, we get up, we we go and log in and see how good or bad we did on college football, and we see how bad or good are we or not. We got to chase. 
no doubt about it. And and I'll, I'll be in the chasing category because I I missed on my Longhorn bet. They killed me at the end of that game. They, they punched it in the end zone, and I had the cover. But it was an illegal formation, Jerry. So they got penalized, <laughs> and then they had to kick the field goal, and I lost the bet. You know, with I had I had three and a half, and I I bet it live, and I I felt like I had the right play, and I really did. They punched it in. I won the bet. And then some dumbass didn't line up on the line of scrimmage, so they got penalized. So then they just kneeled it out and kicked the field goal to win. So we talk about that all the time, right? Sometimes you handicap it and you get it right. And then, you know, just somebody not lining up right costs you your bet. You know, so, man, that one, I was really upset. But I knew I'd have a good story for you because we always talk about that when you nail it. And sometimes you're just unlucky. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're listening out there and you got a bad beat story from yesterday, I'm sure there's plenty of them. 713-780-3776. We're not just here to talk about winners. We're here to talk about bad beats as well because – they happen all the time, especially in basketball, though. And a lot of people have re- re- been reaching out on Twitter saying, hey, I want to get into betting basketball seasons here. And this is my best advice. Don't. <laughs> because it's going to drive you crazy. I just do it because, you know, I'm a degenerate gambler. I have to have action. I this That's just what I do. But as far as making money consistent, you don't want to be in football. You can, you can justify – the games usually, you know, within a score seven or within, you know, you know, a score three. But in basketball, when it gets to 45, 50 seconds and it's a six or seven point spread, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. There. It can be a nine point game and then one team's already got in the back. So the other one's just shooting free three uh, three pointers and it just it can get so or the foul troubles at the end. It just gets so you can do your your entire handicap on basketball and in those last 45 seconds to a minute it just it mixes it all up so if you want to bet basketball go ahead and get out there and do it bet it smaller bet it in in spots bet teams going back-to-back games road trips coming home after some road trips things like that look at those kind of angles because if you just look at straight stats and say well this team allows this this and this well, this is the bet. You're going to drive yourself crazy because it never pans out that way. No, and I'm kicking myself for not betting against the Rockets when they went to Miami and they got smashed. I mean, we all knew what Harden was going to be doing out partying, right, Andrew? Like South we, Beach we, flu, baby. Right? We, we should have seen that coming. I should have made some money on that, but I missed it. And sure enough, they did exactly what we thought they would do. Did you see that tweet come out where they tracked uh, the best strip clubs in the country and then they measured it to James Harden's performances in those games? I, I did. <laughs> I kind of wrote it off, though, when he had Salt Lake City up that high, though. I said, man, this guy doesn't know. He he, he talks to people that go to strip clubs. This guy don't know He's about He's not those. a real connoisseur. Nah, he don't know about the oceans down in Galveston. <laughs> he doesn't know about Ocean's Cabaret. I did want to mention, uh, we, we talked about that Colts-Dolphins game. Uh, I think Jasicki might be a play at tight end if you're desperate. I'm having to start him in a league. And, you know, he had a really big game last week. So, you know, maybe they go to him here again. And, you know, I looked him up. He was, like, really good at the combine. He ran, like, a, a low four fives forty. So he's a really good athlete. So this is a little trick I sometimes use when I'm desperate and I have to start somebody that doesn't have a yeah, big sample size. They were calling him Gronk 2.0. Gronk 2.0. I, like, I try and pick guys that have traits, you know, guys that, you know, you can't teach speed, right? So if you're going to take a flyer on kind of a no-name player, pick a fast one if, you know, if you have that option. I know it sounds kind of simple, but I think we kind of overlook that sometimes. Sometimes it is that simple. So, like, I'm in a league where I have Kittle, right? And it doesn't look like he's going to play. So I got to start somebody. So that's who I'm going to go with this week. 
And I, that probably hurt a lot of people. You have to be real careful if you have Kittle. If it was me, I would pick somebody up now before 12 o'clock hits and have a backup plan. I know you want to wait until the, the last second and use Kittle just in case, but I don't think he's going to go. You know, and, and if you wait till Monday night and you don't have another option, you might take that goose egg, so be careful. Three wide receivers, PPR league. He needs to start two of these guys, Tate, Metcalf, and Debo Samuel. Oh, man. I guess Tate and Metcalf. I mean, you know, maybe Debo gets a little bump up if Kittle doesn't play, but it's hard to guess those 49ers receivers. You never know who's going to do it from week to week. I'm having to start Goodwin in one league, so trust me, I get it. Sometimes that's that's the only option you have. And then I also got one here, too, for you, Jerry. I'm kind of curious your thoughts. Pascal, Hollywood Brown, or John Brown? If you had to start two, who would it be? Oof, Pascal for sure, and I'm taking John Brown. Me too. I'm taking John Brown there. It just it's tough. That's a tough situation he's in right there. I'm gonna pray for you today when I get home. <laughs> no, that is a tough one, but that's probably where I'd go. I like the upside of Hollywood Brown, and he might get deep and get one, but he's been real hit or miss. So. That, 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 that's who I would go with there. So let's go ahead and get in to the injury reports. Andrew, what do you have for us? Who is in? Who is out this week? All right, guys. So we're going to start off with Arizona. We've got Chase Edmonds. He's out. That means David Johnson, who is supposedly healthy. We shall see as the game goes along. But he was not on their injury report this week. So according to everything that we know, David Johnson is 100% coming into this week. And he's going to split the backfield with Kenyon Drake as Chase Edmonds is out with the hamstring injury. Damari Bird, the wide receiver for the Cardinals, he is inactive, and that means Andy Isabella is going to see some extra snaps this week. He might be a punt option if you really, really need somebody. Ido Smith, running back for the Atlanta Falcons, he's on IR, so you might as well just drop him. If you're desperate for a handcuff option, you've got Brian Hill and Kenyon Barner. Lamar Jackson was in and out of practice this week with an illness, but he's obviously there. That would have been breaking news if he didn't play, so yeah. he's active. He's going to suit up. Marquise Brown, he's active as well. Over for the Buffalo Bills, Duke Williams, the wide receiver, he is inactive as a team decision for the second straight week, so you can just feel free to drop him off of your rosters. Over with the Chicago Bears, tight end Adam Sheehan is also inactive with just a team decision, so he's a healthy scratch. Over in Cincinnati, A.J. Green remains out with the ankle injury, and at this point it's looking like IR is the most likely option for him, and that means Alex Erickson is going to maintain a mid-flex level value for you. Over in Cleveland, Ricky Seals-Jones, the tight end for the Browns, he is inactive with the knee injury, so that means you're going to see Demetrius Harris get a slight uptick in his value. In Detroit, we talked about Matthew Stafford. He's out with a hip injury in the back fracture, so that means that Jeff Driscoll is going to get the start. Really, unless you have to start the Lions players, just don't do it. LaShawn McCoy, we talked about him as well. He's inactive. He's a healthy scratch, so that means Darrell Williams and Darwin Thompson are going to potentially handle the backup duties. Over in the New York Giants, Sterling Shepard remains out with concussions, and at this point, we're not really expecting him to return at all. Evan Ingram is out with a foot injury, so that means Rhett Ellison takes over, but the Giants' wide receivers realistically should be the ones who are going to see a slight uptick in their targets this game. Le'Veon Bell for the Jets. He's active despite a knee injury, and according to reports, he's expected to receive his usual workload. Demarius Thomas for the Jets. He is active despite a hamstring injury. But look, Sam Darnold's the QB, and it's the Jets, so Mm -hmm. I don't think any more needs to be said. Chris Herndon, he's the tight end for the Jets. He is active as well. And over in Tennessee, Corey Davis, 
He is inactive with a hip injury. That means A.J. Brown's going to have an opportunity to step up. And Delaney Walker is out with an ankle injury, so that means Jonu Smith is going to get the start. That's actually good news there because you can actually use Smith and kind of hope he comes through for you. I just created a lineup and I have Smith in there (laughs) for that reason. That's crazy. I just plugged him in. So, yeah, go ahead and fire him up. Old Yeller and Delaney Walker's not in there, and we're predicting a lot of points here. Yeah, This is a sneaky game for Smith. This is where he comes out with two touchdowns and minimal yards, but he gets in the end zone. Yeah, and we know, like, Tyron Matthew, he hadn't been that great for the Chiefs. He wasn't that great here either. Yeah, he really wasn't. So, you know, he might see some time on him at safety. So I think maybe that's a matchup he can take advantage of. Any of the the actives and actives, the ones I wanted to bring up, it does look like O.J. Howard's going to play. So if you have the... uh, the, t- the fortitude to try and roll the dice and start him. It he has a, This is the best possible matchup he could have playing best the Cardinals. Possible. So, I mean, if there's ever a time to try and use him, this is the week. But you know, we know he's been terrible all year, but if you're stuck and you need somebody at tight end this week, he might come through for you. Let's go over to the HRMP listener line right now. We have Todd. He has a fantasy question. What's going on, Todd? Hey, guys. How are you today? Love the show. Call every week. Thanks, Todd. We appreciate you listening. We really do. Two uh, uh, questions. I I have either Russell Wilson or Jameis Winston. And then I'm also wondering uh, whether I should start Chris Carson or Damian uh, Williams in the flex PPR. I'll hang up and listen. Well, Damian Williams, for sure, we were talking as far as LaShawn McCoy is a healthy scratch. So that goes to show you everything you need to know. Damian Williams, for sure, as far as the first part of that. Yeah, and just for me, I'm kind of to the point with Russell Wilson where, look, it's it's a tough matchup going against the 49ers here. So, and, you know, his other option was Jameis Winston. So the matchup definitely says you should probably go with Jameis Winston. But this is, I mean, Russell Wilson, he's been carrying your fantasy team, you know, if you've been starting him. So, ugh, man, it's, this is a it's tough, tough to say, yeah. hey, I'm going to sit out Russell Wilson, right. the potential MVP. But then you say, how is that game going to play out? Because we know San Francisco, one, runs the ball at the highest rate. They can run the ball. They can keep it away from you. And that defense is elite. Yeah, they really are. So you have to worry. You know, you still got Richard Sherman over there. And, you know, he probably won't go in the slot on Lockett. But that might make Metcalf have a slow game. Regularly, uh, this is the way I do it when I have that predicament. I go, let let me see which team I think has the highest team total. But in this situation it's different for this reason because i do think tampa is going to have a higher team total than what seattle does but russell's legs yeah and then that's the ultimate factor because if he goes out then he runs it doesn't you know he can make up with one running touchdown and 50 yards on the ground makes up for that x amount of points over the team total that he has so outside of running quarterbacks you can usually use that theory in this one I wouldn't myself. I'd be on Jameis just for the reason that I know that he plays well against man, man on man coverage. That's he just he doesn't have to make him be smart. It just makes him have to be good at throwing the ball. You yeah. know what I mean? Smart when they when they start throwing those coverages and he doesn't know where that zone is and he has to start overthinking. That's when it becomes trouble to him when he overthinks. He just needs to let it rip, and I think that's what's going to happen. They're going to let it rip all over the, uh, up and down that field. Just a reminder. We are on the over at that. Just a reminder, only at my bookie. Just a reminder, one segment left. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Now, don't you ever be sad. Lean on me and I'm the man. 
This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. The music says can't stop, but this show, unfortunately, comes to an end after this segment. So let's get over to the HRP listener line. Mark, you got a fantasy question. What's going on your money line? Hello. First of all, thank you for this show. It's an amazing show. We appreciate that. All right. Question. I have this supposedly amazing fantasy football team that's been horrible because of just some weird years. But I have a a problem with uh, wide receivers this week. I have Beckham and Juju. Which you know, right there. Uh, I have more from Carolina, Woods, and uh, Hollywood. Um, Hollywood, whatever his name is, I can't remember. But anyway, I need to pick three. Who do you think? Okay, give me give me the ones at the top again. I know you said Juju. I'd probably want to bench him. Where who were the other ones? Oh, O.D. O.D. Beckham. Beckham. Okay. Juju, Woods, more. And Hollywood, you know, I'd probably start more and and Beckham just because I know it's Tre'Davious. Yeah, won. yeah, I know it's a tough matchup, but I mean Baker said he is going to force the ball to him this week, so you know I, I'd probably still go with Odell. I would I'd lower my expectations a little bit, but I would go with him. How about Woods with Cooks missing? That one just—it's the matchup, man. The Steelers have been so good. You know, Woods doesn't have a single touchdown the entire season. That worries me. Yeah, it does. And like like you said earlier about Josh Reynolds, that's a tough predicament you're in, though. But I agree with you on more. It's hard to sit out Juju. Once you got Juju on your team, it's hard to sit him out. You gonna kind of if you go Juju here, you're looking for a baseline because he's gonna get the target. He's gonna get the looks. He's just not maybe gonna get you those big performances. Now these other Jalen Ramsey on him. You know? Yeah. Now these other ones though, you're looking for them to overexceed expectations because they're in better spots. So. It's a it's a tough that's a tough question he yeah. has there. DJ Moore's just been so involved, man. He gets 10 no targets DJ Moore like every week. Uh, hands down, number one as far as the, I would start him as far as those guys on that list. So DJ Moore, we agree on Odell Beckham with Tre'Davious White on him. One guy, one touchdown in eighteen games. Yeah, I mean that's you have. My, I'm leaning more towards Odell because he has the better quarterback in my opinion than Juju does. Yeah, I would go Juju Moore Woods. Yeah, and yeah. That, and like I said, that can go either which way. I'm just going off of – and it's hard. I mean, we're talking about a world where we're sitting out Beckham. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough matchup, but he's more of a number two for me this week than a number one. So, yeah. that's, you know, that's I'm going to expect him to, to be in that area. Not I'm not expecting him to carry my fantasy team if I'm starting. Unless him. he takes something short on one of those little screens and takes it to the house because for the most part that Bill's rushed – pass rush is going to get to Baker and making him get the ball out quick. And that's what I have a feeling it's going to hurt Beckham because he's not going to have a chance to get downfield and, and White will take him off the line. He'll, he'll, he'll delete him off the line with how physical he is. And again, Tredavious White is nothing to be played with one touchdown in 18 games and take in mind, he's holding the number one receiver on the opposite side and shadowing. He is. And I think if, if they really truly want to get Beckham going and I think, I think Baker's kind of a dumbass for coming out early and saying, I'm going to force the ball to Beckham. Like, why do you go out and tell people that before a game? But if they are going to do that, I think they're going to need to put Beckham in in motion, you know, get him running out of the slot a little bit, get him moving around so White can't just, you know, get up on him right away. How terrible is it that when we talk about Cleveland and this late into the season, we were still talking about watches and mustaches, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, 
what what are we what are they doing here that yeah you this is the Cleveland Browns this is what they are and expectations were risen that goes to show you in the sports world you can't just it's not a video game where you can just put pieces into places just because you're you, yeah I like that guy he's my favorite player this is going to work you can't just do that it has to work from different standpoints from first on paper can they play together but then also in the locker room can these guys if there's trouble what's going to happen do we have someone to keep them intact do we and it starts up uh, uh, top with the coaching do these guys really believe in freddie kitchens i don't think they do hey it would not shock me at all if they got wiped out by the bills today and and freddie gets fired you and know that, what I mean? That and, would not surprise me. And I'm glad you brought that up before we get out of here. We only have a few minutes. Ways to look at handicap and start looking out when teams, some call it dream crusher situations. Mm-hmm. When your dream is crushed of going to the playoffs or if you had really high expectations or if there's a team that didn't have very high expectations but they're getting stuff together in the middle of the year yeah. and that's something they're working on in college football. As soon as a team gets that seventh Loss and then bowl eligibility goes out the out the window. Always look for a a, 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 a dream crusher. Excuse me, a dream crusher situation. The next one because it's normal. Yeah, it's normal to know now if it's happening this early in the seasons. That means they're they've only won two games or such. But you got to look at those situations. When has the goal become? A story of yesterday. When does the the ultimate goal in the preseason of a team, hey, this is our goal, we're going for this, we're wanting to make a bowl game, whenever that goes out the window, that's whenever you start making moves. Yeah, and and Baker's going to be – we talked about this earlier. We feel like Vegas is wanting everybody to take the bills because they think the Browns are going to win. We talked about that earlier in the show. But Baker is playing kind of a revenge game here. He was terrible last week, and everybody was making fun of him for the mush, you know, the mustache thing and everything. So he is going to be highly motivated this week. Now, will that lead to results? Who knows? But he's going to be, you know, Baker's that kind of dude, that chippy kind of dude, where he likes to shove it in your face. And you know, when he looks bad, he's you know he's looking to, to bounce back. So he he is kind of built character wise like that. So I wouldn't be that surprised if he came out and, and had a better game. But we'll see. The, the Bills have struggled a little bit uh, as far as their uh, ability to stop the run. So if, if they get Chubb going, get the play action going, you know who knows? Maybe maybe the Browns actually do something positive today. And if they can get out to a lead of some sort to make the Bills' offense have to win this game rather right. than their defense winning the game, that's that's something you have to do. Again, variance is something that you try to stay away from and I talked about basketball it's such a high variance game the way that it, they end that you stay away from it and you pick your spot same thing with the Bills and the in the in the and the Browns you got the Bills we know what they are there's no variance to them the yeah. offense is going to be less than vanilla it'll be two touchdowns from Josh Allen pretty much every week defense is going to be there but then the Browns you don't know what they are because sometimes no. their defense is really good on paper they're really good yeah but then they they stink sometimes. Offense puts them in bad predicaments. Yeah. Coaching's putting them in bad predicaments. So, again, the variance that's around the Cleveland Browns is like the variance that's around the Oakland Raiders. Like You don't know what you're going to get on any day. On paper, they can go out there and play. Carr can go out there and play at times. Yeah. They got Jacobs. And if if you haven't got a chance to watch Jacobs run the ball, we were just talking about it on break. He, he's got that stop and turn up the field and go and turn field stop. Like you To have that burst is something that – the old Shady McCoy had, and yeah. maybe that's what came to an end right now in Kansas City, a healthy scratch, and Andy Reid that saw him when he was at his best and probably said, you know what, 
you just don't got that extra step that I need you to have on this on this offense. No doubt about it. I think Jacobs is going to be a special player, man. He and I, I figured they would draft him too. It just made way too much sense. And Mike Mayock, you know, he's great at evaluating players. And you snatch Josh Jacobs at the end of the first round. That's great value. So if you drafted Josh Jacobs, keep starting him. Well, you know what that sound means. We are going to put our name on something. Every week when that alarm goes off, we put our name on something, something that we feel confident in, something that we feel that will happen. So let's start it like this. Josh, what you got your name on? You know, I like David Montgomery this week. And with you know Stafford not playing, I like him even more because I think the, the Bears are going to lean on the running game against the Lions. The Lions are terrible at defending the run. I like David Montgomery. Fire him up this week. Andrew, bless the people. Jerry, I really hope I'm not stealing your thunder here. I love the Arizona Cardinals and what they're going to be doing this week. I picked up Christian Kirk in my lineup a couple of weeks ago, looking forward to this week, and Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk, and I guess Larry Fitzgerald, if you got him, fire him all up. Josh, look at my screen right now. What's on the top of the screen? Murray Fitzgerald Kirk. That's <laughs> He's the not stack. lying. That's I'm what not it is. lying. I'm, that's it. Kirk is going to go off today. Expect Kirk to pass his receptions, his yards. He's going to get in the end zone. A high-flying, high-scoring game. Look for the stacks of Murray Fitzgerald Kirk on the opposite side. Don't be afraid to stack Evans, Godwin, and even Jones Jr. I love it. And if I'm going to you know, bet these, these prop totals, if I want to go bet on Christian Kirk's receptions, you know where I'm going to go, Jerry. Only place is my bookie. My bookie. You know it, guys. Football season, man, we're, we're getting to the back end of football season here. We're in the double-digit weeks, but that means we have a feel for how good these teams really are. This is a good time of year to bet. And if you've been waiting, they still have that deal where they'll match your deposit. So now you got a good feel for the NFL season. You've, you've watched nine or ten weeks. You know who's good and who's not. So get over to my bookie and then put in your deposit. If you put in a thousand, they will match that deposit. Now don't play on some no name sports book. If you want to bet this season, be smart. Bet with the best at mybookie.ag. Guys, sign up for that deposit. Why not? Even if you just have an extra hundred bucks laying around, put it down. They'll match it. And then use that money to bet on these games. Bet on these props. Go to Bookie Busters. Look at Jerry's picks. He will make you some money. The way you do that, promo code radio. When you go to mybookie.ag, promo code radio. They they will match your deposit, guys. Play, win, and get paid. My bookie.